Well, hello and welcome back. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been another two weeks already, but it has. Uh, so we are back here with another great program. Uh, my name is Guy Stevens. I'm the founder and executive director of the Alliance Against Seclusion and Restraint. Uh, the Alliance Against Seclusion and Restraint is an organization really dedicated to reducing and eliminating practices like restraint and seclusion. Uh, but we also want to see other things that are being done to kids, often in the name of behavior, uh, really change. We want to see a decrease in restraint, seclusion, suspension, expulsion, corporal punishment. Uh, some of these practices absolutely have to be ended. Uh, but more broadly, it's all the things that are being done to kids very often in the name of behavior. And what we know is there are far better ways to support kids and support youth uh, across the country and beyond, and we want to do that to the best of our ability. Uh, so I'm excited, as always, to have another uh, great guest here today. Uh, today, we have Lily Frame joining us, and Lily uh, actually is a, a first time for us in a way. Uh, Lily is an artist who's going to be talking about an art exhibit, so this is really exciting. Uh, so we've got a, a great program. I do want to let you know, as always, uh, we record these, so they're available after the fact on YouTube, Facebook, and as an audio podcast. Uh, a couple of the quick things to mention before we get on to introducing our guests and the exhibit. I uh, did want to mention to you that we've got uh, some great merchandise available. Uh, we've been doing some like hats and shirts and things like that. And these are always a lot of fun to uh, wear to your next IEP meeting. So check out our website if you're looking for, for things like that. Uh, I love to see when uh, I think about uh, one of our allies down in North Carolina, Sandy, that stands in front of the Board of Education with her Alliance Against Seclusion and Restraint shirt. Uh, really is something that means a lot to see people doing things that can to influence change. So we've got a lot of things happening around the country and uh, around the nation, and uh, hopefully uh, some good change is getting ready to happen. So let me, with all of that, introduce to you to our very special guest today. So today we have with us Lily Frame, and Lily was born and raised in Charleston, West Virginia. She earned her bachelor's degree in film studies uh, at the University of North Carolina in Wilmington in 2020. And although um, Lily had no formal art training, she dabbles in dance, photography, experimental filmmaking, film theory, film festival programming, uh, collage animation, scan art, performance art, and installation art. Uh, though the uh, merging of dance and filmmaking, or through the uh, merging of dance and filmmaking, Frame creates subjective cinematic dance uh, that aims uh, at expressing her desire to be seen, heard, and felt. Uh, those are all very important words in our community. Uh, we want people to be uh, seen, felt, and heard. Um, her work revolves mostly around the here and now, the human experience, the natural world, and contains stories that distill her life autobiographically and explore uh, familiar trauma. Uh, curiously, her work investigates the reoccurring tendency in recent history to connect creativity with mental disability and illness. So we are really excited to have Lily here today. So Lily, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Guy. It is such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Um, and it's such a pleasure to have you. You know, I think back, uh, it's been several months ago that uh, I think we first uh, met and you had uh, a film that I had come across and, uh, you know, it really resonated with me. And I know we had a, a really good conversation and you told me about this amazing uh, project that you have been working on, uh, which we're, of course, really excited to see. But, you know, just wanted to begin by by really thanking you for coming and uh, talking to us today. Uh, this is the first time we've had an artist actually talking about the art that they've created really related to uh, what we're doing here at the Alliance. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, that, that was a great introduction. Um, and I, I just want to start off by introducing uh, the title of my exhibit, which is called Breaking the Rules, A Minor Spatial Inconvenience. And um, I, I, have, I think what's important to know is before I start talking about the exhibit, I have to tell my story. Absolutely. And um, I have, I guess it's important, it's very important to know about me that I have always been the sort of person who, uh, instead of directly following the steps I've been given, I try different ways of doing things. And um, this, this sort of uh, what, what society calls defiance um, is it, it accompanies my attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, um, and it gives everything um, that I that I do. I want to give it a unique fingerprint, um, and a lot of that um, stems from my diagnosis with um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, I remember asking my parents at various points throughout my life, um, if they knew I had, like when they knew I had ADHD. And it's always a resounding when the terrible twos never went away. Um, and I think my mom feels like she jinxed my ADHD. She would tell me stories of how she was in grocery stores, um, telling people how I was the most peaceful baby and I never cried in public. I never, like my siblings did. Uh, I don't think they knew that I was saving it for later on. <laughs> but um, so I ended up, I was really fortunate to have a mom uh, who's a nurse and a dad who's a doctor to help me find the proper treatment um, and figure out when was the proper timing to, to be diagnosed um, and to find that treatment. Um, and a lot of my struggles stemmed uh, from, from school. Um, I, I really struggled in, um, in school. I, I felt even when I was six, like very young, I, I always knew that I, I was different. Um, and I think the way people treated me affirmed that. Um, and my first grade teacher would, would try to create um, a distraction-free zone for me because she knew I struggled. Um, and she had this make makeshift Maytag uh, washing machine box. Um, and she would put a desk in it. And I would, like, I had a box of from, like, 1 to 100. And I had to just do that um, over and over again because I was supposed to learn it in kindergarten but I forgot I think over the summer so I struggled and um there were just hours I spent inside of that box um and I was six and this I guess the treatment and and in times like if I would just like I would ask somebody a question trying to catch up with the other students I would sort of get in trouble and like sentenced to the box. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what's really significant about that is I, 
I did not want to go home to my my parents and be like, hey, I, I got put in time out or like, because right, right. I, I didn't know what was right and what was wrong. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, That's something we talk about a lot because, you know, people sometimes assume that they'll know if their child is being put into seclusion or, you know, being restrained at school and, and kids don't necessarily want to come home and say, guess what? I got in trouble. And I mean, to, to hear your story, and of course you and I have talked before, but to know that you were forced into a, a box, uh, I mean, just quite literally a box is really upsetting. And, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, again, kids begin even at that point to feel a lot of, you know, a lot of shame, you know, because of what's happening. And, and, you know, Lily, um, you know, I want you to know, and I know you and I've talked about this, but, um, you know, I'm really sorry about what was done to you. And, you know, I know this is traumatic and, um, you know, I appreciate you being willing to share this as, as you probably know, um, we are big advocates for, you know, neurodivergent individuals, we're big advocates for self-advocates and, uh, you know, uh, the fact that people, you know, the fact that people are, you know, brains are, are different, uh, should not be something that we, we look at as a negative thing. Um, we should celebrate. All. Absolutely. I, I believe neurodiversity is is critical. And, you know, it brings us what we're going to see here from you. But, you know, um, I think about the the amazing artists of the world and people that have solved problems and, you know, the differences that are necessary to help us do that. And unfortunately, um, you know, oftentimes our systems our systems are kind of set up as one size fits all. And if you don't fit in, in, in that, you know, um, these things happen. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, I just, you know, I'm am, am sorry that what happened to you happened and, uh, you know, appreciate your, um, you know, really, um, you know, uh, strength to, to come out and share uh, what you're doing here. Thank you. Thank you for being you and thank you for, allowing me um, to connect with with others who um, who have experienced something similar or who have had a loved one experience something similar and to be able to connect with someone on that is is like the relationship is gold to me it's mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. valuable mm -hmm. um, but I, I guess I wanted to, to mention that because um, I recall even from like, I think in the box, one of using my imagination sort of as a survival tactic. Um, I remember whenever I would be in the box, I wouldn't know how long I'd be in there, um, sort of sense of time loss, this time is suspended. Um, and I would envision a window like that was connecting me to to my classmates, um, and I I really I really want to acknowledge um, my my parents who um, who helped me who who identified that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, they never neglected to nurture my creativity, um, and this this project is I can't separate um, my inner child from like my inner adult. They're the mm -hmm. same. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so, yeah, so that leads me. Yeah. So I was just going <laughs> to ask you, so you said that, you know, um, going back to the first grade when this was happening, you know, your parents didn't know. 
Um, when did you share this with your parents and how did they um, respond um, when you did? Okay, that's a great question. So I, um, I did not tell my parents about it until I was 18 or 19. Um, like I, I like sort of just like whispered it to them. I like mumbled it to them. Um, like that, what I'd went through. Cause like, I felt it had negatively impacted my self esteem. Um, and, and then as I got older until the age of 21, it, I could not like be silent about it anymore. Um, and I used art as a way to communicate, um, what I went through and, um, it, really opened my parents' eyes um, because, like, even at one point, like, when I told my mom about it, she said that she had, like, heard through a parent that there was, like, a, a box um, that, that a few students would be, like, put in. But, like, my mom never knew it was me. Um, and I guess what um, what led what led to me telling my story was after that experience, I did not, I didn't want teachers to know I had ADHD. So I, I didn't get help. I didn't want help because I was scared. My, the people that were going to help me were going to do that to me. So I cut out, I refused to do the 504 plan. My parents begged me. They never really understood why I was so like adverse to it, like the idea of it. So then when I was 18, I realized that if I, I, I found out um, I could get extra time taking my ACT um, through, and I, I was introduced to a wonderful resource, and, um, which is West Virginia Rehabilit uh, Rehabilitative Services. And um, they, through them, like I realized all help, like, like what I experienced in the past is like not does not apply to everyone. Like and and after getting that help, it made me realize that there was something wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all through your um, you know, your your schooling, you know, your your elementary and middle school and high school, um, were you just struggling to kind of keep up? Were you did you find anyone that was supporting you along the way or was it just a struggle through all those years? Um, I, I struggled in math and science where my were horrible. They were just, mm -hmm. I could not bear through it. Um, there, my mom calls it like my, my mortal enemy because I just struggled so much, but like reading, I struggled to learn how to read. But when I did, I couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess what helped me um, get through it is I had dance um, every day and just being able to expel that uh, and be free, like that freedom that I felt mm -hmm. moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the really, um, you know, one of the things that really upsets me when, when I think about that is just, 
you know, there's so many kids out there that could use help that aren't getting help or that are shamed into not getting help. Um, and, and even just what you're talking about with movement. I mean, this is something we know now. We know that movement can really help people that, that are having a difficult time. Um, yet you'd like to think now, you know, years later that our schools are are doing better and, and better supporting people, but there's still a lot of people that are struggling under systems that are designed for, you know, one profile and, and that's it. And, um, you know, of course I know um, from talking to you and, and I also know, um, you know, just even looking at your, uh, your, your name here that not only did you go on to college, but now you're working on a, a master's, right? Yes, yeah. I, I have my thesis defense tomorrow so i'll be like officially sort of done then just mm -hmm. super exciting mm -hmm. um but sort of connecting what you were saying um it, it led me to a thought that um, as an artist i have a podium to help others um, who have had similar um experiences mm -hmm. and um and that a project that sort of began for me as like a self healing became like me a project into like helping others, um, especially, um, especially in like a targeted, like, um, especially as like targeted disabilities. Um, and I think art helped me find a voice that I lost. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard a lot of stories and uh, um, about people that use, um, you know, or uh, maybe uses the wrong word, but but uh, for who art is a therapeutic healing process, people that have been through trauma. Uh, and I saw we have a community member here that, that's commented. And uh, in fact, I'll share this comment real quick. Uh, Donna said, Lily, I would love to connect. My nonprofit uses art to educate the community about ADHD and dyslexia, blank canvas awareness. Uh, and as I recall, uh, help me if I'm wrong here, Donna, you're in North Carolina, I think, uh, which might be really interesting as well. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Donna, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I recall that you are there. Um, you know, so, and we've had other members of the community, uh, I think about uh, a self-advocate that I know that has, uh, you know, appeared before on our, our program uh, that again, used our, yeah, Wilmington, North Carolina is where we're done. Ah! Yeah. So look at that. My family's in Wilmington. I went to UNCW. There you go. So, so that's a connection that, that I'll, I'll definitely help you make. Uh, yeah. Would love to see you do that. But, you know, th this whole, you know, the, the power of art to, uh, to help people that have been through trauma, I mean, seems like a, a tremendous, um, you know, a tremendous potential there. Um, and, and I mean, is that really kind of part of the role it's been for you is, is, uh, you know, kind of not only uh, healing, but, you know, something that really, um, you know, we talk about the, um, the strengths of neurodiversity and the strengths of different minds. And, you know, to me, uh, it's all about art, right? Uh, you know, I think there's a huge intersection with art and science and a lot of disciplines, but, um, you know, has art been that to you? I mean, has it, even when you were struggling, was, was art something you were doing at any level to help you yourself? Oh, I was creating more as a kid. Like I can't, I can't keep up with how I used to create as a kid because mm -hmm. I was always, making like jewelry. I was um, always collaging things, yeah. occasionally painting the wall. My mom 
didn't like that. Um, but, um, and I would even like Sharpie, I sharp, like my friend and I would Sharpie the top of her car, like when we were in like the booster seats. And I don't know why I had a Sharpie, but yeah. I, I, I just had a, um, a ma- like there was a magnetism to right. it for me. Right. And um, this project, um, it it recreates like what I what I went through, um, and it uses um, architecture um, and um, sculpture. Mm-hmm. It, it's a maze of five rooms, and each room has a completely different um, motivation. But some walls are covered. There's one wall covered in 27,000 pills. There's another wall covered in like 4,000 pill bottles. Because I was trying to think about like if I continued to, uh, because I've been on this medicine since I was six. So if I continued taking it, like what would that visually look like? And just seeing, just seeing something that is uh, ephemeral. Cause it's, you take it, it's gone, dissolves. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it has, um, I call the walls of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's covered in, um, it's in chronic, my life's chronological order, but I am a collector. I save everything. I'm a sentimental junkie. Um, so I took all of these things that I've been dragging around with me for years. Like I didn't even throw away a college paper. <laughs> and I found a way, there's, there's over 20,000 papers on both of these walls. Mm-hmm. So just so you can see like the str- where I struggled and where, like, what art I was creating at that time and associate it with my schooling. Um, and um, it, it became aware to me, you guy, you're the reason um, I, I, I don't feel as alone. I didn't, I didn't know what seclusion and restraint was. Like I typed in in Google, trapped in washing machine box in class mm-hmm. like it, it's such a weird specific question mm-hmm. and all the answers to all these questions i had were answered through through you and through the knowledge um that you're spreading and i was i was so empowered by that um and i i wanted to um create something that can put others who have not experienced seclusion um, literally in our shoes so Mm. they can foster empathy. And I'm hoping what my, I believe empathy has the power um, to, to make so many wonderful things happen. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hoping is to educate people about about the issue and around um, the lack of really federal um, mm. policies um, and yeah, you, you know that that's you know as you can imagine and, and first of all I want want to thank you for uh, you know the very nice things you said and and 
Um, I'm glad we were able to connect. Um, I can't tell you how meaningful it is to me. Anytime I talk to somebody and they say something like, you know, th this has helped me or helped make a difference um, because that's what it's about, right? It's what can, what can we do to, to help other people? And, and you're doing that now through your art. Uh, and I have so much admiration for you and your your courage to do what you're doing. Um, you know, so thank you. You know, thank you for doing this. And I'll, I'll tell you that my mind was exploding with ideas as you were talking and you were talking about how you wanted people to experience it. Because what you've done and we're going to see this in a few minutes. So people that are watching, just hold on. We're not just going to talk about things. You're going to see things. But, you know, this this experience that you've created and you talked about how you want people to be able to move through this and understand what things are like. Um, I think we should reach out to a, a few of the uh, political folks in, in North Carolina that are in, in range where they could come visit and say we can get them to come visit. Uh, there's a few lawmakers that I'd love to see come on board for passing federal legislation. Uh, so you and I might have a little side project to try to get a couple people uh, to come see your exhibit because I think that's that's the purpose, right? We want to communicate something that you know you probably grew up thinking was you know well maybe this is normal. Maybe a lot of kids have this happen to them. Uh, you know when you're in the first grade and you're six or seven years old and, and these things are being done to you, the fact that here you are many years later working on your masters and, and this is still something that's a big part of who you are and, and the trauma from how you were, um, how you were treated, um, you know, kind of plays a part in your life now. Um, you know, we've got to um, do what we can to, to try to influence a change. And again, I just, I have all the respect in the world for your courage and what you're doing. Uh, so really excited to, to think about the possibility of not only how we can share this with people today, but how we can share it with other people and they can um, understand the experience. So thank you for, for doing this. Anything else you want to tell us about the exhibit before we kind of take a tour? Yeah. Okay. So I absolutely would love to get in contact with. Um, with we will. We will do that. I. Yeah. I actually have. Um, there are a couple of people that have been on my list that we need to reach out to and that we need to support legislation like the Keeping All Students Safe Act. Um, so I would love to, uh, you know, see what we can do to facilitate something like that. Yeah. Well, great. Are you guys ready for um, ready for the the tour? Uh, I, I think we are. So uh, everybody uh, that's watching knows we're going to take a, a very special tour uh, of the exhibit. This is the first time that I've seen. It. I've seen some photographs. And, uh, you know, what I love is, uh, you know, that, you know, you, you mentioned kind of uh, some of the inspiration, you know, from the Alliance. And uh, you had, had reached out to me at one point and said, hey, do you have anything that we can share? And we have some, some cards that were printed there. Uh, so it's a great way to communicate to people, you know, about restrained seclusion. So uh, I think we are very ready. So if you want to take us on the tour and we'll hope that everything works technically, if we have any problems, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. This, you will be the first eyes to really view this. It's, there's some minor tweaks I have to make, but um, overall it is a complete work. I'm going to put you on this car. Okay. And I know you've you've kind of prepped the cart to do the tour for us. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, this this is you know, I, I mean, it, it's great to be able to um, be able to share this with um, you know, share this with our audience. So this is the out outside of the maze, um, and the entrance is over here. It's in an L configuration. Okay. So if you were to approach. Um, 
you start off in this room and um, there's, there's three rules. Um, there's three rules for um, entering because it's called breaking the rules. So there has to be rules. The three rules are one, only one person can be in a room at a time. Two, you cannot enter until you hear. Um, and three, um, silence is mandatory. So what the audience doesn't know is the duration um, between the bell rings, because you can't move to the next room until the bell, to the, to the bell rings. So I'm trying to suspend their time in a way that mirrors being um, secluded so they have more of that um, point of view. And um, so this is the first room uh, and you can sort of see it. Um, there's a silhouette. Can you see the silhouette? Yep, you can, yep. Um, that, um, it's, it's representative of childhood Lily. Um, and fun fact, um, I was able to really connect with my, uh, with my cousin. Um, this is my little six-year-old cousin. You can't really see that, but here, let's get over here. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and the figure is actually a silhouette of my, my cousin, who's six years old, has ADHD, has very similar mm -hmm. struggles such as myself um, and her, her brother who um, is also my cousin has uh, Down syndrome and he is homeschooled because he was um, restrained and just mm. being able to connect. Like I didn't know that like about, about my family and just to be able right. to connect. So this first room is just, takes the outside of the washing machine box and brings it inside. Cause this is when I'd be sitting in class, this sign like just scared me. And I struggled mm -hmm. reading. I struggled so much with reading, mm -hmm. but the fact that may and tag were like two very simple words for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I will take you to the next room. Um, I had a really hard time creating um, that room because uh, the, the the trauma probably associated with yeah yeah that's that's probably my least favorite room as an artist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so then I take you to this room, and it says on this wall, "Oh no." <laughs> We're good. Okay. Uh, so, in all the dimensions of of the maze are um, are met. So, uh, if you're physically handicapped, um, you're you're accommodated. So, um, uh -huh. I wanted to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. So, on this wall, it says, "What have you done?" Um, and then. On the opposite wall, parallel to it, it says, what 
what have you not done? So mm -hmm. I'm sort of going between those poles all the time. Mm -hmm. So this corner right here um, is, there will be videos um, playing on it of a mouse that I filmed running through a tiny scale model of this. Mm -hmm. And I have a security, I have a security camera there. Mm -hmm. um, or surveillance, because I wanted to address uh, the lack of surveillance. And whenever the viewers are in this room, they sort of, they're, the mouse is a metaphor for myself, like being right. trapped. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to cite how they've studied behavior through, um, through mice. Mm -hmm. And um, while I think that can be applicable, I think they can learn more from humans. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I mean, and, and that's, that's a big, you know, concern that we have is, is today, you know, um, decades and, and, and nearly a century later, we're, we're continuing to use uh, behaviorism approaches that were really created around mice and dogs and, and rats. Uh, on kids, and that just doesn't make any sense. We've got far better things we can and should be doing. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a strong metaphor. Yeah, and um, so on this um, on this wall, there's um, a loop of the maze. I put a remote there. It does not even. It's not even compatible to the TV. <laughs> but um, I sort of wanted to have that metaphor of like. Um, that loss of control right, um, right. on this wall there um, there's a ledge but um, I was able to get my medical um, I was able to get the transcripts from my interview um, when I was diagnosed with ADHD and I, I reenacted it but um, I voiced both the psychiatrist and the child mm -hmm. um and that's a separate piece all on its own mm -hmm. and so i'll take you to the next room which is one of my favorite rooms and mm -hmm. um i feel like truly embodies um it's a, a visual manifestation of my experience because when i was secluded i felt like i had to constantly like overcompensate and teachers like wouldn't think I was uh I was capable right, right. and um so I would always do so much extra work so that I'd be like here you go like I I promise like I'm a good student so mm -hmm. just keep that in mind with mm -hmm. this room and I'm also trying to define um get get audiences to learn what seclusion and restraint mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. so this this is the first floor you see mm. it's pretty large uh starts up there and um that is that is what i call the wall of my mind but that's that's the first part because it's Years 1998. Not sure if you can see the numbers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gotcha. So yep. It's it's like my my life chronologically, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so people can sort of um, 
immerse themselves and like see what teachers were saying. Um, like you can do better or um, you can't use the word love in a sentence if it doesn't have seven or more words. But on this wall, I, I took PVC, um, I took PVC, oh, PVC roofing materials okay. and um, I defined what, um, the lighting isn't great right now. That's um, okay. We can see. But I'm trying to define, use this PVC label, this fake paper, um, well, there's an uneasiness to it because of because of the jagginess of, mm-hmm. of the material. And I wanted to define it in a way that made people stop. And this is about seven feet wide. So like if the viewer or the participant um, is to be engaged with it, they have to get close to it and like move around to be like to read. Um, and on the paralleling wall, I, I define restraint because while this this experience for me was just seclusion, I feel like since I'm at the podium talking mm-hmm. about seclusion, mm-hmm. I gotta bring up. I have to bring up restraint because mm-hmm. that's. I it's just it's. I, I can't, I can't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other wall is the second part of my life. Um, so the lower the papers are to the ground, the more current. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Um, and so that, that room is supposed to embody this overcompensation. Mm-hmm. I felt, and I, it's it's a feeling that like I have, I tell people like, I'm like I feel like I'm really overcompensate and like being able to visually see it has a different mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and, and you know I, I just think that uh, you know the the low expectations, the um, you know the negative comments, the lack of support. Um, you know, leads you to a lot of negative self-talk and and how you, you know, I mean, all these things have a, a, a tremendous power over us and, um, you know, how we see ourselves. And, you know, I think that room really kind of shows that, um, you know, where, where you find yourself trying to overcompensate, trying to, you know, um, kids want to please people. And, you know, when you have a kid that's struggling and all you have to, to share with them are negative things, it has such an impact, you know, even years later, um, you know, people need to realize the impact of the things they do. And I couldn't have said that any better. Um, And this, this like testifying to this outpouring and globs of work. And I I, I call it a tsunami of work. Mm. Um, I think it's my coping mechanism to it. And, um, in a way, being able, this room, like before I made it, I never felt like I was ever gonna be enough for others. And I think that stemmed from not being enough for myself. 
So being able to make this room and see everything I've done has filled me with a sense of pride I've, I've mm -hmm. never known before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And, and you know, I, I, I hope that, uh, you know, you realize, um, you know, one, how amazing you are, but, but two, what an influence this may have on so many, um, you know, I, I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'll take you to the next room. Okay. This room, I have one, um, I, I have some things to correct and but it's, it's pretty much done. No, no, no. On that note, um, when does the exhibit officially open? Yeah, so the exhibit officially opens Saturday um, from 1 to 6 um, at um, the Power Plant Gallery in Durham, North Carolina, which is okay. located at the American Tobacco Campus, if you're familiar with North Carolina. Um, and I, I have a live artist talk um, which will be really interactive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because as part of my um, disability, I'd, I'd like to be very tactile. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. It's very therapeutic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Are you by any chance going to stream that live artist talk? Yes. Okay. Will, make sure, make sure you share it with me. I'd love to share it with our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so this, so this next room is, um, I'm citing um, the Secretary of Education's 15 principles, um, which uh, they they defined. And I guess before I show you anything else, I want to mention that when I was making this room, I was I was thinking about the material of the box and this the corrugated nature of it, and um, and for some reason I was like where is the, where's the solution? Like, where is there a solution to seclusion or, um, or seclusion to solution? Like you could flip those words back and forth and they'd have a different meaning. Um, but I guess since they're trapped, the viewer, there's a sense of being trapped in this room. I want the viewer to, to be trapped in answers and like, like possibilities for the future. Um, so I have to move the lights around, mm -hmm. but there's on each wall, I don't have the, the lights believe great right now, but oh, here, this wall you'll be able to see. <laughs> it's really legible. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we can definitely get a sense of it. Yeah. There we go. Yep. So there's, there's three there's there's three principles on each wall so you're thinking yeah there's four times three is 12 but i'm also uh using the ground just um i don't that that's the part i don't have finished and i'm putting the last three principles on there because i feel like it's a text that people are like walking over and not stopping to inspect um but i have like a digital um it's like a it's like a digital sticker that you put on the ground of of this mm -hmm. uh, for 12 or for 13 to 15. um but 
this room has, I have to do a little work on it. It will be so much more different by tomorrow. But um, just the idea of this corrugated box right, is, right. yeah. Yeah, and, and I just want to share a comment with you really quick uh, as we're going through. Uh, Violet Jones said, Lily, your installation is so powerful. Your story really humanizes the issue. Um, and, and just so you know, I think I probably told you this before, but we do, in fact, have an international audience and we have somebody here from New Zealand uh, that's watching. And Linda said, this is really interesting. Thanks, Lily. Love the interface between lived art, uh, lived experiences and art uh, and watching from New Zealand. Um, and uh, Donna said, love the PVC pile. Um, so you get a lot of a lot of great comments here as you're going through. Thank you so much. These comments like. When I when I was making this, I I felt like physically like alone, and it's things like this that that brings so much healing to me, and it means the world. Well, you know, and I can't help but think that you know, um, you doing this, you creating this exhibit, um, you know, will will make more people aware, and you know, the more people that we have that are aware, the more people that. Uh, understand the experience, uh, the more powerful we are in, in terms of affecting change. So, you know, by by doing the art that not only has been a, um, you know, a process for you that's that's been therapeutic, it's, you know, there, there's benefit to this that, um, you know, could be amazing. And, you know, I, I really, I love what you're doing with this. So let, let me shut up and let you keep on the floor. <laughs> Thank you. So this, um, this is the last room of um of my installation i want to give a few few notes before i reveal it this is probably i spent half half of my time on this building this entire thing on just the stuff on these walls and there's there's only two two walls filled but i felt like i couldn't i couldn't finish my my installation without talking about bringing up medicine and treatment and um, bringing seclusion into like bringing these objects of medicine to this idea of seclusion that people think is like some sort of treatment. And also um, I, I feel like I have a codependency like on my medicine because I've been on it my whole life. Um, I don't know who I am without it. Uh, and uh, I guess I want this this room just to make viewers question what is treatment, is seclusion mm -hmm. treatment, is medicine treatment. Um, so with that, I will reveal. Okay, we're going to start. Now, I know you're going to think this is just an orange wall. You're just, it looks like a plain orange wall. If you get really close. Mm. Mm. And there's, this is the 27,000 things of pills. Wow. Wow. And that's, that is approximately like seven, until I was 73, if I took my medicine until then. Mm. Um, and to make something uh, 
visible like this. Uh, it changes. Mm-hmm. It really makes me think, like about my future. Mm-hmm. Um, this wall looks. It looks just like orange, right? Mm-hmm. Get close, and it's made out of panels, like poster panels. Um, I, I I glued pill bottles hmm. um, on onto onto these poster boards because I used I used poster boards constantly because I had this with my disability I had this inability to communicate what I was thinking or to be able to understand what I was feeling. Um, yeah, and then this wall, there, there's a desk, mm-hmm. and it has the silhouette. Mm-hmm. But in, the first one started with the silhouette of my cousin, who's, right. while, she, while she is a representation of my cousin, she's also a representation of myself, which is what made it beautiful. But this one is adult Lily. So the first room you start with childhood and i want i sort of wanted the viewer to be immersed in the consciousness of someone who experienced this <laughs> and so then that oh and then on that wall i have audio it's like a cd player okay and I loved I loved CD players as a kid. Um, I remember when I'd go to my therapist, they'd give me like these sleeping, like it wasn't even ASMR. It was like um, pretend you're a bouncing ball, mm-hmm. and and I would listen for some reason. They worked. I loved yeah. them. I got to tell you, Lily, I just love that you know what a CD player is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the older I get, the more I realize people are like. CD? What's that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I I have been having fun with it. Um, it was my dream as a kid to have like a sticker covered CD player. Mm-hmm. I made that. I had to make the dream come true. That's great. Um, That's great. So the viewer um, at the at the beginning of the installation has the opportunity to grab headphones um, and then at the end throw them away and we'll recycle mm-hmm. them. Um, but that, that is the inside mm-hmm. of the maze. I'm currently, oh, wait. I, I, I left out a very critical comment. The reason my installation is named Breaking the Rules is because my, my mom as a kid, she bought me this shirt. And you, you can probably barely read it. Mm, yep, I see it now. Yep. It says breaking the rules. And then right beside it, I don't know if you can see it. Yep, the yeah, that's it. It's me in the shirt. And that's the whole great. story behind the photo um, is my mom was sending me off to school for this picture day. And she was like, Lily, you have to take the sweater off. You have to take the sweater off for the picture. She really wanted to see the breaking the rules. And I love that my mom bought that because it showed that, like, she accepted me. And um, 
and for the picture, I was I was still defiant, even though, like, it's just I'm, it, I can't, like, I just couldn't help it. Right. right um, that right. I have a different, I just had a different way of doing things. I really yeah. love the sweater, but and that's overall the message mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I want to forward is the success acceptingness mm-hmm. and the outside area right here. I'm getting 15 desks. They're coming in today. Okay. Um, and I'm recreating what the classroom looks like. Oh. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm putting in this corner, that very corner right there. Okay. I'm, I'm putting um, putting a desk, and um, etched into it says, "I am a child." Hmm. Um, I'm gonna have a box. I'm gonna put it in a box, and then the t- the way the class was set up. Is the rest of the students were in like four, like these four like four groups a group of four people and there were different groups um, and I think that was the worst part of it for me because as somebody who sort of struggled in school I I my strength was watching and observing other people and seeing what was right and what was wrong. And when I was secluded, that opportunity was taken away from me. And I don't want other people to ever experience that. And and you you posted you posted this on social media, but the whole idea of of seclusion is it's so medieval. (laughs) It's like how how has it gotten into schools and not right, simply right. what I want to leave viewers with that question and that uneasiness. And I want in a way for the for the participant to do something about that uneasiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think the other thing that's really um, powerful here is, you know, having, you know, having heard your story, um, you know, people need to realize the impact that the things, the decisions they do and the things that they do have on people. You know, here we're talking about something that happened to you when you were in the first grade. Uh, and, you know, here you are, you know, many years later, you know, sharing the experience is, as a way to, uh, you know, share and 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 bring about change and, and heal. But, uh, you know, people need to realize, you know, people sometimes think that, well, kids are resilient, so it's okay. Kids are resilient. You know, trauma is forever. The things that are done to us uh, can can stay with us forever. And I think it's so powerful from that perspective. I have a couple more comments here to share real quick. Uh, Nicole uh, missed part of it, but uh, said that, uh, you know, thank you for creating this. It's powerful and eye-opening for people. Uh, We have a comment here from Dana who said, I appreciate you, Lily. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Uh, My son is nonverbal, so he cannot share a story. Your voice is strong. Bless you. Uh, Donna said, wow, uh, with uh, three hearts there. And Nicole said, wow, powerful. Um, And also asked, where is uh, Lily at school? So so can you tell us where you're going to school? Yes, I um, am currently going to Duke University, which is, I applied to it as a joke, like, because in my head, like it, it wasn't really until I got in this setting that I was like, I, I guess there's something in me like that I I just wasn't seeing in myself. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, and then we have uh, Teresa here said, uh, and, and I think this came up when we were in the uh, the pill exhibit. Uh, but what professionals see as treatment, others see as trauma. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, Violet said, uh, "Love that your mom is part of the resistance." Uh, so you know, I, th I think going back to the orange word, and love that your it, it sounds like your parents um, were were supportive and well, uh, they yeah. have, they have been nothing like but supportive of right. me and um i they haven't even seen this um so you, you don't think they're watching live right now are they not no, fans of our page no 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 what <laughs> my mom i told i told her about this and yeah. she said well will i will i be like will i be seeing your work will i be spoiled and i was like yeah she's like i, I can't go but she <laughs> said i'm gonna watch it Right, we're gonna watch it as a family that's great. right that's after great. the exhibit. That, that sounds it. great. Uh, let's see a couple more comments here. Uh, you know, hi Lily, love that you're sharing your story. Uh, Donna asks, How long will the exhibit be open? The exhibit will be open from March 26th until um, April 15th. Okay. And um, if none, like if, if the gallery hours don't work for people, um, or you just have time conflicts and just need some flexibility or something. I I uh, have twenty four seven access. So um, if if you're interested and you can't you can't come at those times, uh, you're more than welcome to reach out um, to me uh, via mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know, my email or social okay, media. Okay. Yeah, and and you were going to I uh, think you and I talked about uh, earlier. Uh, share with me maybe some things we can share on social media that have kind of the the time and the place so people can uh, learn more and we'll share some of those on the the alliance page as well uh, and hopefully find plenty of opportunities for people uh, Don I think there's a number of people we probably know that could uh, uh, stand a visit to the uh, exhibit um, Sandy said you're truly a bright light couldn't agree more uh, Donna asked how long did it take you to put together the pill area um, so the, just those two walls were the only things I worked on for four months. I, I, I made all of this in eight months hmm. and it's, it's just crazy to me that the shoe box I was carrying around telling, this is what I'm going to make. This is what I'm going to make became like this life size thing. <laughs> I'm so excited. I ripped my ear. So, oh gosh! Yeah, I'm trying to think, but the, the first time we talked, didn't you didn't you share with me a little about the the shoebox? Or it seems like you shared something with me at that point. Um, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, right. yeah. Uh, so I had a great question here from uh, my friend Floyd. Uh, Floyd said, "Any plans to take this on tour?" Yes. So oh, that's exciting. Um, I my goal for this post grad is um, to do some get some grant money um, and help finance. I want to target like the top, like the, the highest uh, statistics in seclusion and restraint, like cities where there's the most prevalence and, um, and like market it to those communities uh, where, where it is an, an issue. Um, yeah. It would sure be great to have you in uh uh, the the DC area to uh, invite lawmakers to uh, come and see the exhibit. Uh, that's something we'll have to think about. Yeah. Uh, and Christy kind of echoed that. Said so powerful. This display should go on tour. Uh, and Nicole said uh, this is so impressive. Art is therapeutic. 
Uh, we need more art, less seclusion and restraint. Uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, and uh, Chrissy said, Houston, Texas would love to see it. I, I just went to Houston not long ago and uh, uh, it'd be a great place to share it. Uh, and we have somebody's here saying, we need to bring you to Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, I can help with applying for a grant. There's a positive oh, connection. Absolutely. You guys are wonderful. I just want to thank everyone for being there. Yeah, this yeah. is just so kind. Uh, and and uh, Sandy said that you you are my hero. Um, so um, I'm going to pause for a second and, and let people know that are watching. Uh, if you have additional comments or questions, please feel free to put those in the chat. Uh, I know we've had a lot of interaction. I appreciate you uh, putting your comments in there and uh, sharing those. So if anybody has any questions or comments, please feel free to put those there. Uh, and you know, of course, that um, I always have questions for you. Um, and, you know, part of that question is uh, something you began to um, talk about a moment ago. Uh, kind of getting to you know what's next what's next for uh, the exhibit and and what other plans do you have yeah so i i'm currently um i i'm i'm still trying to like navigate through that um i'm i'm hoping to teach but um i would really love to focus on my art um, it's just like, the, it's just money that's so hard. Um, I love teaching. I wanted to teach since I was a kid. And I think the my experience being secluded, like made me want to be a teacher. So I, I could eliminate that somehow. Um, and to really focus on, um, especially young artists, mental, emotional, physical um, needs. Um, so I guess teaching is an option, but I would I want to take this on tour, um, and it's not a site specific installation, which means um, it changes, it evolves with each install. So each install and each iteration will be completely different um, from the next, which I think makes it more exciting. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, um, and. Uh... Oh, art therapy, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art, art therapy, yes. <laughs> I was getting ready to get to that. Um, and, and Kelly uh, said this gives me so much hope for my son. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you, you're bringing such a powerful uh, message to us today. And, um, you know, can't thank you enough for doing that. Um, so one of the things I wanted to hit on, and I thought about this early on as we were talking. So um, it's not unusual that uh, when when somebody comes on here, and uh, things will pop in my mind. And before you're done, I'm already planning your next visit. Uh, and, and that's kind of happening here. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, Lily, and you don't have to commit to it, but yeah. um, I'd love to have you come back sometime and maybe do something on, um, you know, kind of the therapeutic value of art and, you know, how art can be healing, you know, um, maybe, maybe even at some point, um, you know, if you have that interest in teaching, uh, we can find a way to you know, get a small group together and, and do yes. something fun like that. But I uh, would love to have you come back and talk about kind of the healing power of art. It's a yes for me. I don't even have to think about it. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, I just want to go back to my my notes here and see if I had any other specific questions for you. Um, one One of the, I guess, questions is you mentioned that, you know, you would do it if you did it somewhere else, it would be somewhat unique. Um, did you have a grant or funding to help you with this project? I mean, uh, I know, I mean, just e even the supplies that you've had to get for doing this, 
uh, you know, it had to be a pretty hefty expenditure. Uh, were you able to get funding to help with this project? Um, so this project, what's really unique about it for me is that I come from like a filmmaking background. Mm -hmm. um, and this was like a total departure. Like when I pitched this to like my, uh, my cohort and my classmates, they were like, what? Like, what? This is so different um, from what you're doing. And um, I think I realized, uh, wait, can you say the question again? I forgot. <laughs> um, so um, and, and now <laughs> as you asked me that, you suddenly the question flew out of my head as well. <laughs> This is this is what happens. This is what happens to me. I get really passionate and really like excited, and then poof. Right, right, right. Well, we, we were talking a little bit about kind of the you know how you were able to to fund this, and you kind of went. Oh, into, funding, funding. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a wonderful question. Yeah, and thank you for giving me a second <laughs> to recover as well. I'm like, what did I ask again? <laughs> that yeah, that's a great question, and yeah. I would love to answer that. I um. I dipped into my funds a bit, but I also, um, I had some help from West Virginia Disability uh, Rehabilitative Services. And um, they they were the people that opened my eyes mm -hmm. to what was unethical and what people was. And so I, I've been really appreciative. And like any time I need like a computer, if it breaks, like, there's one mail to my house. Like they're, they've just been so wonderful. And um, yeah, especially helping me pay for school. And like, because a lot of, um, it is it is a expensive project, but the thing is, is the walls, most of the walls are moving. Like they have wheels. So I was able to go in this gallery space and use their walls and sort of like let, like, Play like Legos are, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and this is something I would have done as a kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, you know, I I, I love what uh, what Donna said about you know trying to, to trying to find a grant to help bring you to Wilmington. Uh, wheels are turning in my head too. I mean, I'd love to see something like this in the the DC area because I'd love to get some attention around this. And I think this does a lot of things. It it, it shares your experience and your journey. Um, it shares, you know, a, a problem and, and why something's a problem and why we need to change. Uh, you know, I think art is so powerful. Um, are, is there anything else you want to tell us about the exhibit or, or kind of about what is coming next for you, not just the exhibit? Uh, you're yeah. working with Masters now. So uh, tell us tell us where things are leading next. Yeah. So um, right now I, um, on top of like the, the exhibit, I have been um, sort of writing and compiling um, an autobiography. Um, and instead of it being me explicitly telling you what I went through, like I'm letting you look through like my doctor, like what my doctor wrote about me um, in uh, my testing. Like she is defiant beyond normal or like just like the, the weird just these documents instead of me being like, I have ADHD, like here are these documents. Like you can really see. And I think by being there, I, I am being very vulnerable. Like I, I, I realize that, but I think by being vulnerable, I think people like 
can will be able to see themselves in different parts of me who um who have experienced similar mm-hmm. instances mm-hmm. so what would what would today's um lily say to the six or seven year old lily uh or what would you say to other kids that that are uh neurodivergent that uh you know are um kids that are are maybe having similar things happen to them um what would you want to share with kids that might be where you were you know i was i i've been thinking a lot about that while i've been working um and i wish i wish younger younger lily wouldn't have been so hard on herself Mm -hmm. and to to really embrace what makes her different because that's that you you can make that adversity um you can make that adversity your strength um things that you can make it some there's there's always i believe um a silver lining and i think it's it's our responsibility to while to look past i hate the word disability um right, i think right. um but like to think past that word it right. it's an ability that other people don't have mm-hmm. is how i view it and i wish i would have known how proud i am of who, like who i am today mm-hmm. i i love to hear that i love to hear um, you know, how you're feeling about yourself today, you know, knowing kind of the, the really hard road. And, you know, again, from what you've shared about your your family, um, it sounds like they have made a, an incredible difference. And, you know, I think about um, the support you had from your family, it sounds like. And, and uh, you know, I think about the shirt and your mother. Um, and there are a lot of kids that don't have that, though. There are a lot of kids that not only are they they suffering at school like you were, but, you know, parents are sometimes led to believe that, you know, it's not, a you know, parents are led to believe, well, your kid's different and that's not a good thing. Or your kid's uh, not able to do these things. And, you know, your yeah. parents recognize your abilities uh, and strengths, even when others didn't. Um, so it's really difficult. It's really difficult. Um, to think about kids that don't have that same kind of support. And one of the things that I would hope is that, that you know, parents that might see this or parents that might have, you know, children that have different strengths and different abilities uh, and might not be doing well in our systems that seems to be uh, catering towards making compliant children, uh, not really making creative and, you know, all, all these other great things. Uh, well, keep that in mind. I mean, you know, even at a very young age, your your power as a parent, your power as a connection to a child that's having a difficult time is so critical. And you know, um, I, I hope your your parents watch this and you know, wanna, oh, they you know, will. Yeah, th- thank them um, for for being there for you. I mean, I think that um, you know, you're you're working on your master's degree. Uh, you've got all these amazing things that you've been doing. Um, and you know, I I would venture guess without that kind of help and support you know, you might be in a really different place right now. And yeah. uh, that's such I, a, an important thing. I, this, this project has like made me like, I've always loved my parents. Don't get me wrong, but it, mm-hmm. it made me value like love the new way. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. For, I, I, that's a good, 
that's just I'm gonna hit them up with some extra love this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the funny thing is, I mean, let, let's face it. You know, uh, everyone uh, growing up, we go through different phases with our with our families and our parents, and we all have different circumstances around our lives. And sometimes it's not so a little later that we appreciate the <laughs> things yeah. that, that they may have been doing. But but I think the sheer importance of them um, supporting the fact that you're different and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because I think our differences are our strengths, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I look at, you know, I look at the strengths that you have and they're absolutely amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, again, um, you know, it's, you, you were, you were unfortunate to go through what you went through. And I, I'm really sorry that the experience you had is what you had. Um, I'm sorry you went through the trauma you went through, but, uh, but I am glad that you did have people there that were connected to you because I think connections are so critical. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Dr. Bruce Perry often talks about how one meaningful relationship with an adult who really gets you and, and, and supports you can make all the difference in the world when healing from trauma. And, I, you know, e even though there may have been times in your teens, yeah. you didn't always appreciate it because we're all like that. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that you're you're very reflective on it now, and um, that, um, what you're saying leads me. I have I have to like make a note of this because if I don't say it now, then I'll my mind will space out. But I have had um, the most wonderful mentor, um, Professor Christine Stiles. She um, she specializes in art and destruction and trauma, and she has been like my light and she she's been that person that that you're that you're talking about for mm -hmm. me and um i i really couldn't have done it without her um instruction that's great that's great well listen we have a few more comments and then i'm gonna let you go because it's obvious that you still have a little work to do right yes <laughs> and, I, and i say obvious because you showed us like we're gonna put desk here and we're gonna do this uh i love what you've done so let me go through a couple of these real quick uh, Donna said that your exhibit would fit in so nicely with our dyslexia awareness pieces. Would love to collaborate. And again, I can help you make that connection uh, if you'd like. And uh, Sandy again said, uh, your precious heart, uh, happy tears. Uh, Donna said, you are my neurodivergent sister. Um, you know, lots of, lots of love coming towards you. Um, I want to thank you. Um, you know, I want to thank you, um, you know, one for being you. Um, you know, I think that you are, uh, an amazing person, you know, again, you know, I'm sorry that you went through what you went through, but, um, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to move past your own trauma and do things that will um, not only help you heal sometimes, but can help a lot of other people. And you're doing something right now that could have a really, um, that could have an impact. And uh, I appreciate you you doing that and sharing, you know, being vulnerable, sharing your, your story and your uh, journey. Um, you know, I, I, I knew when I first met you and we, we talked, I'm like, you know, you're just a, such a, a bright light in, in a world oh. sometimes that needs more light. Uh, so thank you so much for, for coming and sharing this with us. Uh, I'm really excited about the opening of the exhibit. Um, hang on the line once I let you go, cause we've got other things we'll, we'll want to yeah. talk about. Um, but thank you so much. Any, any final words you want to share as we. Uh, thank you for everything. And thank you for helping me, um, educate people about my exhibit, which is trying to educate people. Um, I'm 
Thank you so much. Absolutely. No, I'm happy to work with you. Uh, I know we sent some uh, rock cards down for you to be able to share with people as they come through yeah. uh, to raise awareness and anything we can do to help support what you're doing. Uh, let me know. So I'm going to let you go. But if you want to hang out there for a second, I'll, I'll circle back with you when we're done. So thank you, Lily, so much for joining us. Uh, I want to thank everybody today that made time to uh, uh, come and join us, uh, you know, really kind of a different program than we usually do. But what a what a, a real um, pleasure to to get to um, see what Lily's been doing and uh, uh, what an inspiration. You know, we need people that are that are helping us to uh, bring about change. And, you know, what Lily's doing is is really, really fantastic. Um, so I do want to mention to you that we have uh, another great program coming up in two weeks. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like my screen sharing suddenly has been disabled. So I won't be able to tell you uh, who it is right now. Well, I can tell you who, uh, but I can't share the graphic with you. We have uh, Lee Collier, who is coming to us from uh, Washington State, uh, where he's the director of school health and student safety. Uh, Lee has been doing a lot of work related to uh, restraint seclusion in his in, in his history, and uh, he's going to share a little bit about his journey. Uh, so look for that in about two weeks. And uh, thank you so much for joining us as always. Uh, appreciate all the all the uh, comments and, and the gratitude for this. Uh, appreciate all of you. Uh, I was thinking about that before we went on today. Uh, it means so much to me to have the community that we have, uh, the people that are coming together, the people that are doing things to affect change. Um, you know, whenever I, I have an opportunity to talk to somebody, um, it's such a pleasure to be able to do anything we can to, to work together. So thank you all so much. Uh, see you again in two weeks. Take care.